Welcome to Live with Marie here at Marie Healthy and Fit, where we bring you incredible episodes every week to keep you wanting to come back for more inspiration. And today we have such an incredible guest, Dr. Shauna Shapiro, the author of Good Morning, I Love You. It has been the number one best-selling book for the last three years. Dr. Shauna Shapiro has spent two decades studying the benefits of mindfulness and compassion. And today we are going to be talking about the three pillars of mindfulness. Stay tuned to listen to Dr. Shauna Shapiro share her wisdom with all of us. Welcome, Shauna. How are you? Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much for honoring us today and coming on and with your busy schedule and everything that you do for the world. It's amazing that first, let me congratulate you on your YouTube, on the TED Talk, reaching 2 million views is incredible. Your book has been turned into three, ver- two versions. You have Good Morning, I Love You, and then you have the male version. And what was the name of that one? It's called Rewire Your Mind. Re- it was actually published in the United Kingdom because Good Morning, I Love You didn't translate into British. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, they, thought, they thought it would go over better there because Good Morning, I Love You felt too soft. And it's interesting because, you know, I'm a scientist and a professor, and when I was publishing my book, everyone said, good morning, I love you, sounds so fluffy and new agey, but you're a scientist, don't do it. But I felt compelled to because it was that practice that really transformed my life. So Yes, and um, your life truly has been a transformation of from a young teenager going into volleyball and the world of sports to your injury and then to studying abroad and becoming aware of life itself. And through your TED Talk, you explained to the world what you went through. Can you give us a brief discussion about that? Yeah, um, it really was such a radical shift. You know, I was 17 years old. I was a healthy, active teenager. And then I had to have emergency surgery for my spine. And overnight, really, I went from this healthy, vibrant young woman to lying in a hospital bed, Mm. unable to walk. And it was during the six months of rehabilitation that I discovered my... The connection is a little wire, a little off right now. Stay with us, everybody. It should come back on soon. It could be my connection or it could be Shauna's. I'm not quite sure, but let's just stay tight. Hang in there. She is talking about her spinal cord um, injury and where she had to have her surgery. Oh, we lost Shauna. Okay, let's see what we can do to bring her back on. Yes, so we you left off where you were going into surgery and okay. where it brought you. And just so you all know, I ended up telling the whole rest of the story. Like, I guess. So <laughs> I, I had this spinal fusion surgery and I ended up six months in a hospital bed. Um, a really challenging time, and during that time, 
recovered mindfulness and it shifted the entire trajectory of my life. And once I had recovered a couple of years later, I went to Thailand and Nepal and mm-hmm. studied in monasteries. And I experienced a peace in my body that even though I feel in pain, it was so extraordinary that I got back to the United States. I started a PhD program because I wanted to scientifically what had happened and how this practice of mindfulness could heal others. Yes. But led me to this journey and it's been 25 years now. I've been researching and studying mindfulness and I'm a professor and that's really what I, I teach and research. And that is in, uh, is it, are you still in Santa Clara, California yeah. teaching at the college? Yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing because they get like the best teacher ever. So, um, I wanted to talk about the three pillars of mindfulness and especially in today's world, I think we all need these magical three point pillars. So why don't we, um, where you came up with this part of the book of intention. So, so a lot of times people ask, what is mindfulness? Because we throw this word around so much, it's become so popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I did in my book is I articulated the three elements of mindfulness. And the first one, like you said, Don Marie, is intention. Yes. So your intention simply tells you what's important. What do you care about? Your intention, it sets the compass of your heart. It says, this is the direction I want to go. This is what I value. And our intention really sets the stage for what is possible because it reminds us over and over again of of what we truly value. Mm -hmm. So that's the first element. The second element, which I think is one of the most important, really actually the most important resource we have as human beings is our attention. Yes. People often say that time is our most valuable resource. They're wrong. It's your attention. Wherever you focus your attention is your life. And it is a skill that you can develop. It's a skill that you can grow. And so part of mindfulness is learning how to train and stabilize our attention in the present moment where we actually are. And then the third element of mindfulness is our attitude. And this is paying attention with kindness, with curiosity. So often when we pay attention to things, we tend to judge them. And especially we tend to judge ourselves. And what has been so interesting for me is learning about the research. What happens when we judge ourselves? What happens when we shame ourselves? And what we learned is that when you judge yourself, you shut down the learning centers of the brain. Mm -hmm. You literally rob yourself of the resources you need to learn, to change, to engage in new behaviors. And so when we make a mistake, what is so important is this attitude of kindness and curiosity to really, to really be on our own team instead of beating ourselves up. Yes. Which is so true because I think everyone in the world, instead of loving yourself for making a mistake and recognizing it, we beat ourselves up. Exactly. And what's interesting is when you see it clearly and you bring kindness to yourself, it actually turns on the learning and motivation centers of the brain. Mm -hmm. So if you want to exercise more or you want to lose weight or you want to be a better mother Whatever it is, instead of beating yourself up, if you can bring compassion, it actually helps you move forward towards your goals. Yes. 
mindfulness is really all three of these elements. Your intent, knowing what's important. Your attention, training your attention in the present moment. And then your attitude, really being kind and curious for whatever's happening. Exactly. And I, I really believed in today's world, and I'm so honored that you're here with us today to go over these three pillars. This really needs to be a must throughout the world in every language possible that it is a constant reminder of if you just keep these three pillars alive every day, the world and your life will open doors for you in a positive light to continue to heal your body, your mind, and your soul, and whatever you may be struggling with, whether it's mindfulness of not loving yourself or struggling with a disease or fear. Because right now, the last two years, we, we're all living in fear. But if we focus on the three and pillars that you just spoke about it really helps you relax from well, that fear you're so really, you're making a really good point which is so these three pillars are what mindfulness is but we can bring them to any moment of our lives mm -hmm. so we can bring them when we start to feel anxious right oh my intention is to feel peaceful i bring my anxiety and then i bring my kindness and what's interesting is when you simply label your emotion I'm scared, I'm frustrated, I'm angry, it actually starts to calm down your physiology. So what mindfulness does is it actually gives you this resource, this, this skill that you can use in any moment of your life. Yeah. The meditate practice is kind of a way of going to the gym and building your muscles so that when you're in a difficult situation or when you're feeling that lonely, you have the strength to, to face it. I love that you said that when you go to the gym, because a lot of people think when they hear the word mindfulness of they think you have to sit still and just kind of like doing yoga or just meditation. But it could be physical and going to the gym and building up that strength. So thank you for clarifying that, because a lot of people misjudge that phrase of what they believe. Well, right, so mindfulness is both a way of being in the world moment by moment. So as you're listening, as we're speaking, we can be present. And mindfulness is a practice that we can do. And most often the practice is through meditation, but there are many ways you can be mindful. You can be mindful while you're playing the piano. You can be mindful while you're taking a shower. You can. I just created a mindful shower meditation. Oh, I have to have that one. I got to download it. I will send it to you. Um, we can be mindful while we're eating food. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of ways to practice. And the more that you practice, the more you actually grow the capacity of your brain. You can actually see it in brain scans. You grow the insula, which has to do with kind of our awareness of our body. We grow areas that have to do with compassion and empathy and attention. So you're actually building muscles when you practice mindfulness. Which is, thank you for explaining all of that, because that is such, like I said, a word that people misinterpret. And, and uh, I, I think I said that word yeah, wrong. Yeah, they, they interpret it. In fact, the word mindfulness means to see clearly. So mm -hmm. all I try to do is see clearly what's happening so I can respond effectively. We go through life so much on automatic pilot. We're just kind of rushing around, and we don't slow down enough to actually see clearly 
and then respond with wisdom, with compassion, and with empathy. Yes. And I believe that truly the way that you've written the book, and it's so compelling and so soft, like you said, good morning, I love you. And just those words alone, um, I remember the first time we spoke, I was like, I always wake up in the morning when I'm feeling bad and my body hurts and I go to the mirror and I say, I love you, Don Marie. And it releases, which I didn't know till I spoke with you, it releases a happy serotonin to start my day off. And so your book, Good Morning, I Love You, has been on the number one bestsellers list for years and it continues to teach and continues to grow, which is just the most amazing gift you could have given to all of us in the world. And you continue to tour and to teach businesses how to bring their people back together. Can you give us a little bit of that, like walking into a conference that they've hired you for because the the sales are down or the people are just not clicking and it's just such a simple thing of how you teach them to look at things differently. Yeah, it's been so interesting doing corporate work with mindfulness because there are so many applications. For example, of course, it manages stress and helps people cope with challenges. But mindfulness also increases, like you were talking about, this kind of collaboration Mm -hmm. and, and teamwork. It increases trust and empathy and compassion, which are essential. It also increases innovation and creativity. So a lot of companies are interested in how do we think outside the box? How do we problem solve? And so mindfulness uh, can be seen kind of across the board um, benefit to employees and to organizations. Yes, which is incredible when you really think about it. I mean, you're like the gift of angels from the stars. You're kismet to the world of... Person. <laughs> but you really are because just reading the book on any given day, anywhere you are, really resets your spirit, your mindfulness, and your soul. And it's just magic. It truly well, that, is magic. That was really the intention of the book is that we could weave together the mm-hmm. science and the practice and stories and poetry so that it was so accessible. You know, I wanted my son who's 15 years old to be able to read the book and understand it and mm-hmm. practice it because my goal wasn't just to give you information. It was really to help form all of our lives. Yes, which is truly important because we all learn from each other. And whether we have, um, we're always talking when we talk on outside of a podcast of, well, I don't have a PhD. And I remember you saying to me, okay, what are you going to do? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep moving forward. And reading your book has helped me so much gain much more of a perspective and confidence within myself that maybe I did not have three, four years ago that I have today just from reading Good Morning, I Love You. So oh, you I'm have glad. touched not just my life, millions of lives throughout the world. How does that make you feel that people are always sending you a passage from your book on your Instagram and then you share it with the world and how it truly has helped so many? I think that's what's been surprising and so extraordinary is you you write a book, 
you, you don't really think about how it's going to be received. You're just so focused on the writing. And I've been so touched by the letters and the messages. And it makes me realize that we're never just practicing for ourselves, mm -hmm. that everything we do has ripples in the universe. And there's this kind of um, upward spiral, I would say, as we share our stories, as we share our vulnerability, as we share the teachings that have helped us. And I yeah. agree with you that we're all in this together and we're all supporting each other. We all have gifts to give, each and every one of us. Exactly. And I also love the part that I asked you just in general of when people beat themselves down because they feel like they're not good enough or why didn't I get that job and she got it. And we start to do that judgment because there is so much judgment in the world you turned it around into such a simple way of looking at life. If mm. you said to me, if beating yourself up worked, then I would tell everybody in the world to do it, but it doesn't work. And so can you explain that to us? Yeah, I do remember saying that to you. I remember saying like, if it worked, go ahead, beat yourself up. If it made you a kind of person or if it helped you, you know, be healthier, mm -hmm. it just doesn't work. As I mentioned before, it shuts down the learning centers of the brain. When you shame and judge yourself, it puts you into a fight or flight or freak response. And you literally don't have the resources to make the changes that are needed. It's kind of paradoxical that somehow being kind to yourself actually motivates and turns on these learning centers and gives you the power to make the change in your life. Because when I tell people to practice kindness towards themselves or compassion, they kind of roll their eyes. They're like, but I really want to change. I don't, I don't want to just stay stuck in my life. Mm -hmm. And that's where the science is so important because what I tell them is this is the most effective way to change. If beating yourself up worked, if they're scientific proof, I would let people go ahead and do it. You're right. And it doesn't. And it's what you have taught us through your TED Talks and everything that you do around the world and your speaking engagements and your book is to love yourself and to cherish who you are and what you can bring to others. Right. And I want to make it really clear that that's not easy, that this um, path of self-love, it's actually a practice. It's not just you turn the light switch and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I love myself. And as I shared in the book, for me, this was a, a long journey of, of learning how to let go of my self-doubt and my self-hatred and my self-judgment. And it's still a continual process. Mm -hmm. But what's amazing is as I start to groove these neural pathways of kindness in my brain, in my physiology, that it starts to grow. Right? I have my favorite phrase is what you practice grows stronger. Yeah. And as I practice self-compassion, it grows in me. And every day it grows stronger. Not that it's perfect, but that's not the goal. The goal is just 5% more kindness, 5% more self-compassion. These small changes have huge impact. So true. So true. And I, I, I learn every day from you. Always. I just, you're always right there in my mind. What would Shauna be telling me to do and moving forward? And it has truly embraced my life and I've been able to help so many others embrace their life. But it is correct. I do sometimes still judge myself when I have the obstacles in front of me and multiple sclerosis and it gets me down. But then I'm like, 
No, you're going to retrain your brain. If it's telling you to shut down this, well, I don't want it to shut down. I got to get things done. So I've learned to do other things to stop my MS from attacking me at that point in time. And that mm-hmm. took me two years to learn how to do that. And what you realize is things happen like your MS attacking you that are outside of your control, but so often we make them worse. We mm-hmm. pile on top of them with self-judgment. And why not support yourself and be on your own team through that hard experience? And, and that way it will help resolve faster. So and that's true. really what I learned with my physical pain with my, my spinal surgery that when I would get afraid, when I would judge myself, when I would feel despairing, it would make it worse. And there's a way in which we need this kind of this protective blanket of self-love to make it through life because it's already hard enough. We're not choosing all these things that keep happening. So how do we stay on our own team? I love that. I love that. And I also love the part um, that you talk about. It's it could be one step forward and five steps back, but every little step forward makes you stronger, just like you. Absolutely. And really, it comes back to simple science. Whatever pathway you're practicing is going to grow stronger. Mm-hmm. This is how neuroplasticity works. And so if you're practicing self-judgment, that's going to grow stronger. Mm-hmm. If you're practicing kindness, that's going to grow stronger. So every day asking yourself, what do I want to grow? What do I want to grow? I would rather grow love and self-kindness than judgment and you know, hatred of a disease I can't control. So I love it and embrace it because it's a part of me and it made me who I am. Same with you. You went through a tragic experience in life and had to have surgery that was extremely painful. And you took it and turned it around into such a beautiful gift. And you gifted all of us and the world with it. So it's just, it's beautiful. And your TED Talk is so powerful and so remarkable that I suggest all of you listening to this podcast or watching it today, go out to YouTube and look up Dr. Shauna Shapiro TED Talk because it is so empowering that you're going to download it and you're going to watch it over and over again because you're just amazing, Shauna. You truly are. Truly are. Well, I- this was a benefit, and I would really encourage anyone who has follow-up questions, you can reach me, drshawnashapiro.com, mm-hmm. or on Instagram, at drshawnashapiro, and I really do love hearing from you, hearing questions, so please, please be in touch, and Don Marie, you yes. are an inspiration. Thank you for all that you do. Oh, thank you, Dr. Shauna Shapiro. I love what you're doing for us, and keep inspiring, and I will keep learning from you every single day. Thank you for coming on today and giving us your valuable time. And let's just keep changing the world with kindness and mindfulness. I hope you have. Thank you. I hope you have a fabulous day and we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. So Dr. Shauna Shapiro, please, if you love what you heard today, go out and find her book. Good morning, I love you. It's available on Amazon. It's available pretty much everywhere in the world in every bookstore that you can find her book. This book can change your life. 
It is so remarkable and just the simplicity that she wrote it in and that you can truly feel her heart and soul of moving forward and retraining the brain and it truly does work. And I understand that we are all living through a difficult time right now, but if you have a moment and you have time today, go out and look at her TED Talk on YouTube listen to her voice, listen to how she is explaining everything about the mind because I would rather send you all off with love and compassion today than to feel that we are still locked in fear of the unknown. When you love yourself and you continue to move forward and love each other, that is when the world is connected together. So I will leave you all with that and saying thank you for watching Live with Dawn Marie. If you loved this episode, please download it on Apple or Spotify. You can also watch it over and over again on my IGTV page and go from there. But I truly suggest if you need a little bit of love and a book that will stay with you forever, please go out and purchase Dr. Shauna Shapiro's book, Good morning, I love you. And you will find yourself every morning repeating those words. Look in the mirror and realize you are the greatest gift in the world. And say, I love you to yourself. And every morning that you do this, and every time you're frustrated, if you just say those words, your brain will start to recognize that you do love yourself and you are incredible and you are fantastic and the doors will slowly open as you open yourself to the love of the world by helping others so thank you so very much have a fabulous day and i look forward to seeing you guys next week here on live with Dom Marie. have a great one everybody goodbye <laughs>